Welcome to 6-Minute Stories, where you hear the writing of new voices and experienced writers whose submissions appear in the anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Now in Season 8, you will hear stories from our ninth collection, Sooner or Later. Find links to 6-Minute Stories and to the Personal Story Publishing Project at randalljones.com. Everybody loves a good story. We hope you enjoy this one. Never Too Late to Say I Love You by Mary Clements Fisher Mama did not say I love you, never, until near the end of her life when she had less to lose. A preschooler, I plinked on the piano in the upper register while Mama plunked out her choir pieces around Middle C. I hummed the tunes with her until, under the spell of her singing, I slipped sideways into her pillowy lap. She stopped and stroked my cheek. No kiss, no words, just the warmth and weight of her hand. Music plucked a string in Mama's heart like words couldn't. When she signed me up for piano and voice lessons, I discovered a surefire way to gain her attention and affection. When I played or sang, her dimple surfaced in the sea of faces in the audience. As an adult, I questioned my people-pleasing nature, but as a kid, Mama's rare smile removed any doubt. In my tweens, neither of us pleased the other. I unleashed my frustration in screeching I hate you episodes. How she remained unmoved baffled me. One afternoon, simmering in a pubescent sexuality soup, I accused her of never loving my father. After a sub-zero response, I slapped her. Her face crumpled. Like a one-girl Greek chorus, I moaned my plea for her to hit me, please hit me, until hoarse, brimming with sorrow, her steely eyes bored into my chest. She shut them. A tear trickled down her cheek. I couldn't face her any more. Escaping into a field behind the house, I whacked dead cornstalks and collapsed, sobbing. When I crept back into the kitchen, Mama pulled me into her arms, asked me to sit down, and shared memories of her childhood and marriage more painful than any punch and more gutting than guilt. Mama grew up in a household plagued with loss. Two baby sisters died before Mama turned five, and her father forced her to kiss their cold lips goodbye. My grandmother grappled to cope with birth on birth, death on death, grief flooding the space where love once flowed. Years later, Grandma's surviving children nearly grown, Mama's favorite brother of three ended up in prison at 17. Another farewell. More mourning of a life ruined, youth lost to regrets, alcoholism and premature death. Surviving six siblings, her father, her mother, and her father, Mama's mantra at each funeral expressed her lifelong anxiety. Grief is what comes from getting attached. Even Mama's marriage devolved into a series of detachments. 
Papa joined the Navy in 1941 and deployed for most of 13 years. When I turned six, Papa returned home for good, and forever after, my parents slept in separate rooms. During junior high sleepovers, I breezed by this oddity and my friends' questions with a simple, my dad snores. But Mama never said I love you to him and shrank back when he bent to kiss her. Her coldness confounded me because his kindness and affection toward us three children soon made him beloved. But Mama never forgave him for loving his Navy career more than her, abandoning her to raise a teenage son and two young daughters alone. Loving her meant showing up. When I visited my folks during college breaks, Mama clanked pots and pans in the morning to roust me out of bed. I caught on. She missed me. Showing up to share tea, toast, and chat bonded us over the years, but no words of love floated over our steaming cups. Her love notes arrived in her letters. Until Alzheimer's silenced her, Mama wrote my siblings and me a letter every week, closing each with love, Mama. No fear of immediate rejection, no physical demands, a distanced declaration. Did she write Papa letters those years he served overseas, signed them with love? Did he write her back? After he died, she spoke of missing him, wrote tender poems about him, and recalled his smile when she stroked his brow as he lay dying. She had reattached to Papa after twenty-five years of aging and sharing tea and toast with him. Widowed, she changed. When I did arrive on her doorstep during her last decades, she still didn't kiss me. I hugged her kissed her weathered cheeks and played the piano and sang for her whenever she asked. But each time I climbed into my car to leave, she embraced me and murmured, I love you, Mary. Love you too, Mama, always. Her dimple buried in deep wrinkles matched mine. Her bent body, arms outstretched waving goodbye, melted in the rearview mirror in my blur of tears. Copyright 2023 Mary Clements Fisher Mary Clements Fisher celebrates her current mother, grandmother, sweetheart, student, and writer status in Northern California. Her poetry and prose explore her mad, muddled, and magical moments. She's published in Quail Bell Magazine, Adana Journal, Passenger Journal, The Weekly Avocent, Personal Story Publishing Project, Prometheus Dreaming Journal, The Closed Eye Open, Capsule Stories, and They Call Us Magazine. Join her at Mary Fisher Writes and MaryFisherWrites.Squarespace.com. Read more about this writer and background on this story in a special feature of six-minute stories called Author's Talk. Thank you for listening to another 6-Minute Story. You can read them all in the nine anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project, 
find the link to our online store at randalljones.com. That's R-A-N-D-E-L-L-Jones.com. There you can learn about submitting your own story for consideration for our next personal story publishing project. And remember, everybody loves a good story.